You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Sorry there wasn't one last week, but uh, Nick wasn't available and uh, nobody else was available and I thought about doing a solo show and then I went, nah, can't really be bothered, I'll be honest. So, here we are, here we are this week and Nick is here. Hello Nick. Hi Simon, yeah, good to be back. I had a very nice meal with my uh, family last week, it was my sister and brother-in-law's uh, 25th wedding anniversary. God, I wonder good. where all those years have gone to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, yeah, it's... it was good. It was good. Good Excellent. meal. It's, um, it was my 18th uh, wedding anniversary, uh, what, about two weeks ago, actually. Uh, the, the oh, wow. So, um, yeah. Brilliant. There we go. Where does the time go, we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh, dear. There we are. So, anyway, um, let's... Uh, kick off i've managed to dig up some fairly interesting stories which are not all the uh rumors and uh people familiar with the matter say i'm glad to say so that's uh that's something um i'm going to kick off with uh this one which is uh apple is to donate to the maui and hawaii relief efforts uh as they tend to do with such things after uh you know a devastating uh wildfire uh on hawaii yeah. which is um led that's to good. Good to um, hear that they're doing that. It uh, looks dreadful. It does, doesn't it? Um, what I've seen, it, it was devastating. Um, yes. According to this, it says uh, as up to 55 people, you know, probably dead. Well, um, I believe the last I saw it was at least 95. And uh, I believe the governor was saying it's going to go a lot higher. Uh, and a 1,000 people are allegedly uh, reported as missing. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, pretty devastating. So, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts go out to everybody in uh, Maui and Hawaii, obviously. And Apple, I yeah. believe, are going to, uh, uh, what's it say here? Um, at least one family was able to contact emergency rescue services using the emergency SOS function on their iPhone 14. Oh, It's good. Um, uh, the company will provide short-term aid for immediate relief and as longer-term recovery efforts once fires have been fought. Um, so there you go. Um, Apple doing what they like to do, which is help out, use some of their money for charitable uh, uses. And, of course, um, I would say if you want to, you know, help out with that or fires in Greece and various other places in Europe or elsewhere. Or, of course, not to forget the war in Ukraine, which is still ongoing and, uh, mm. you know, a bit grim, very grim indeed. Um, if you wish to donate to help some of those things, the, probably the best you can do is to donate to the International Red Cross, which obviously shares out money all over the world. Um, and if you're going to donate... Yes, or, uh... The other the other website that I'll sometimes use is the Disasters Emergency Committee. Yes. Tech. 
Yes, but um, um, that's another good place to give. Unfortunately, there are always those, you know, always those who will try and profit from such tragedies. So if you're going to donate money, make sure you donate yeah. to a reputable source. As you say, yeah, try just... not to do it via social media, really. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, don't know. Give your money to the International Red Cross or uh, Medicine Sun Frontier or um, Doctors Without Borders in some places they go by, or, uh, as you say, the D- Disaster uh, Committee. Um, there we go. There's not more we can say about that. Tragic, and, of course, wildfires breaking out all over the place this year due to the hottest yeah. year on record. Um, and anybody who says that's not to do with climate change is probably deluding themselves, I have to say. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I let's, think so. Well, let's get that one out of the way. That's... That, um, let's not bring ourselves down too much. Uh, you know, all the best to everybody involved. Is all we can say, isn't it? Um, yeah. There we are. Before we go on to some of the other stories, a um, couple of things that uh, came to mind. Uh, if you remember last time we spoke, Nick, uh, we were laughing that Twitter had um, been prevented from removing all their signage from their building in uh, wherever it is. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they'd failed to get a permit, um, and then we were there was uh, the thing about Elon's giant X flashing sign on the top of the building. Um, that didn't stay up for very long because the people in the uh, tower block, the other side of the street, uh, which apparently was mostly residential, uh, all complained that the giant flashing sign was, uh, you know, flashing blinding lights into their apartments. They all complained, and also, apparently, yet again, Elon had forgot to get uh, the correct permits to put it up. So, uh, (laughs) apparently, it was up for about a week, and then it had to be taken down again, because uh, he'd failed to get the correct planning permissions and various other things. And, uh, unsurprisingly, the people opposite didn't like a giant flashing sign intruding on their uh, living space at night. So, there we go. (laughs) What a mess. As you said, I believe, Indeed. last last time, you know, do you get the impression Elon is a person who's not used to being told no? Yeah, just do it anyway. <laughs> Let's just do it anyway. Yeah. Never mind that. Nah, me yeah, we'll get permission afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, there we go. Um, and that's about all there is to say about that. I can't think of any other stories that uh, came to mind. Um, well, not that are not political anyway. Um, so, we'll move on to a few stories. Um, I found this one a reasonable read, Nick. This was um, on Imor, A Year with the Dynamic Island. Not dynamite, as uh, Nick misread it. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, yeah, an explosive experience on Dynamite Island. No, Dynamic Island uh, on the iPhone 14 Pro is a notch by any other name. Um, And this was uh, written uh, by... uh, No, it doesn't say who it was by... Uh, by Callum Booth, apparently, and it's on iMore, and uh, he talks about, you know, the dynamic island, and what he thinks is good about it, and what he liked less, and uh, his overall summary seems to be that um, it seems to be underused, and he's fearing that it might suffer the same fate as the touch bar. Um, we were We were talking before we started, weren't we, about the fact that Everyone uses things in slightly different ways. We were talking about cars, actually, but uh, you know, one one person's essential piece of uh, software 
is uh, or feature is not another person's essential feature. Yep. And yep. Uh, Apple gives us so much choice. I mean, it's great they give us all that choice, but the fact is, some bits don't get used. So, yep, and that's I, true. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised he says that really because uh, um, his other complaint, and um, which I I could see, was he says it actually finds it slightly more intrusive than the, than the notch because it doesn't sit up against the um, edge of the screen, which makes oh, it. Right. He says he finds that more visually disrupting because obviously it there's a gap above it, so it's more obviously a black floating at the top of your screen whereas the notch you know bleeds into the black bezel so yeah yeah um, i can see that yeah i could see that to some extent i don't know what's going to happen but if if um apple were to bring the dynamic notch to the non-pro models maybe it you know we would get more use because I suspect his fear of it becoming a bit like the touch bar yeah. has merit in that if it's not on all the phones, how many developers are going to bother to develop for it? That's true. That's true. Well, well I'd be interested to hear if any of our uh, Slack participants have got a phone with a dynamic island and whether they find it useful or not. Yeah, definitely, because obviously I don't. I have the 13 standard. Um, yeah, I'm still on my 11. So. Yep, yep, my daughter's still on an 11, and I think I said she had her phone battery replaced, which has uh, reinvigorated it for her. She's very happy with her Pro 11 Pro Mac. So. Yes, I, I, might, uh, I might consider that at some point, the replacement of the battery, because it's, mm. uh, it's at about 70-odd percent now. So Yeah, that's probably... I may uh, do. I mean, as I say, it cost her about 80 quid for a, non, a non-Apple battery. That's a little bit more palatable than replacing the phone. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. Um, you know, we did look at replacing the phone, but to buy anything, you know, there's no point really replacing a perfectly good phone with another model that's the same or like one newer than spending five, six hundred no, quid when no, you get right. for eighty quid. Sure, if the phone was bashed about or she wasn't happy with it anymore, but the only, you know, her only complaint was that the battery was no longer lasting all day. Um, yeah, and as a you know, eighteen-year-old girl, I'm sure she lives and dies on her phone. So, um, <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, you know, it's uh, so yeah. That was eighty quid for a non-Apple one. She could have had an Apple one. I forget what quote price for that was, but um, as I say, it was. Uh, I find it. I find it quite interesting that some of these articles almost treat some of these features as like sort of main functions of the phone almost. When they're not really, are they? I mean, a lot of the tweaks that we get these days are great, but they—that's what they are. They're little tweaks. To I wouldn't have—I wouldn't have classed the dynamic island as a major feature of the phone. No, well, it's I th- not, you know, it's it's interesting, but well, I think the thing was when they introduced it, Apple did tout all the things that you know, the like interactive widgets. Oh yes, without with a doubt. And, um, yeah, you know, live sports reports would show up there and all that sort of thing. But uh, I'm sure some people absolutely love it. Um, oh yes, yeah, there will be some undoubtedly. I, I think his main complaint was, you know, over the year he's 
used it. He's found that it does less things than he expected it to. And the fact that it doesn't actually touch the bezels makes it, for him... Um, Almost like it gets in the way a bit. He finds it more more distracting than the notch, which he didn't yeah. like much either. But um, I must admit, <laughs> I don't I don't really notice the notch on mine. You know, when I first got one, no, the I, notch, it no. was a little... Um, same as I don't really notice the, the notch on my MacBook Air. You know, I just don't don't pay any attention to it after a week or something. Um, yeah. So, but that was a, a reasonably interesting read. Uh, somebody's personal opinion on that. Uh, and yeah, if you've got a dynamic island on your phone, uh, you know, let us know what you think of it. Do you, you know, do you think it's underused, overtouted, mildly annoying, whatever? Let us know. Yeah. Or is it really a di- uh, dynamite island? <laughs> Yeah, and you'd like it blown up. <laughs> yes. Please detonate it. Um, so uh, while we're talking about those sort of things, um, I have this week uh, Public Beta 3 was released for everything in sight. And um, this year, uh, somewhat unusually, Rogue Amoeba have released uh, test versions considered uh, you know, safe enough to release to the public of uh audio hijack and loop back and yet so uh which uh, are three of the tools i use you know for doing this podcast and uh which is why uh last year i did not do the betas for ventura because i often uh rogue amoeba will not release they don't release sort of betas compatible with the betas they will when they're happy enough with the um, stability of the new versions um put out test version um usually flagged with a you know big use with caution um but quite often that doesn't appear um until really quite late in the beta cycle you know maybe a week or two before the official release and um Often, sometimes until the release candidates come out and then they'll release, you know, use with caution, um, initial compatibility with, uh, you know, the new OS. But this year, um, they announced that, uh, obviously, Audio Hijack, Loopback and uh, Piezo test versions were available um, early this week. So, being the mad beta loon that I am, I decided to jump in. Uh, so far, uh, it's all gone well. As long as this recording comes out okay, then uh, <laughs> it's all it's all working. It's all good. Um, can't say I've noticed any massive changes on um on my Mac. Um, ooh, 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 as uh, guy would say, ooh, ooh, ooh. um, I've not really used it a lot. I mean, I've only it's only been in there a few days, and um, I've not been doing yeah. anything very uh, major other than compiling the show notes. So I can't say I've noticed any massive changes on the uh, on the Mac as yet. Um, Jolly good. Obviously, on the phone, again, I haven't really noticed any massive changes. Of course, a lot of the um, a lot of the features they were bringing to the phone won't really uh, kick in until pretty much everybody switches over because a lot of the yeah a lot of the functions will rely on other people using um, what we are now. What will it be? Seventeen? I, I can't keep up with the numbers anymore. Uh, <laughs> nor can I. Nor can I. Um, at one point, you know, the the iOS numbers seem to pair with the phones, but now it's overtaken it. So, um, I, no, I think they should have stuck. I think they should have stuck to their guns like they did with the iPad and just dropped the numbers altogether. Yeah, 
It's, um, I suppose people would then call it iOS 2023 or whatever, but um, that might not be a bad thing. might be easier than all these numbers. They're getting confusing now. Um, there we are. Um, on the phone, the main thing I've noticed, uh, which is almost certainly to do with the um, like what will be a um, display of people's uh, posters or whatever it is, you know, that um, sort of... Oh, yes, yeah. Is that I know when what you, you mean. When you make a uh, go to a phone call, uh, previously the, there was a like a panel of six controls, mm-hmm. which was um, in the centre of the screen, and the red hang-up button was in the centre at the bottom. Yes. Um, now all the um, controls have moved to a panel at the bottom. The hang-up is now bottom right rather than in the centre, which is, you know, it's a big red button. All the other ones are sort of grey on, or pale grey on a darker grey, so you're not going to miss that. The one that did slightly um, throw me is that previously the uh, go-to-speaker, or change from phone-to-speaker or Bluetooth, was on the centre panel on the top right-hand side of the set of controls, and now it's moved to the Uh top left. Um, and the mute has moved to top right, and I'm not quite sure what that's about, because even though it's moved I've down always, the screen, some... you know, muscle memory for me would be, well, the, the, the speaker button should be on the right, but um, I'm sure I'll get used to it. But that's the biggest thing I've noticed yeah. so far. Um, uh, it's That's one of those things that I've always struggled with on the on the um, iPhone, is, is in-call controls and things i always get very confused over how to get to the speaker sometimes from wherever it is i've managed to get to <laughs> <laughs> and um, i've never really sort of got my head around it properly so it's uh, maybe it's not as intuitive as it should be well if you <laughs> because you know, someone of my advancing years gets very confused very easily well if you if you've um the simplest way if you've somehow managed to go away is if if you're on a phone call in the top yeah. left screen where the clock is um yeah. there'll be a green pill around the time and if you tap that that should take you back to the phone app ah to the controls oh right i've never thought of doing that yes if you tap that if you tap that little green pill it will take you back to the phone app controls and if it's on the buttons ah. If it's on the dialing buttons, there's a button at the bottom below that that says hide, which will then show you the, the controls. Yes, I've seen the hide. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you see, that's exactly what we were just talking about with the <laughs> yeah. features on your phone that you maybe don't even know about. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. But um, probably, everyone, probably everyone else listening knows that but me. Well, maybe but not. It's one of those things, I, isn't I, it? I do now. I do now. Yeah. <laughs> So if you don't know that, yeah, and you're on a call and somehow you've, you know, flicked to another app or something or done something unexpectedly, tap the little green pill and that will take you back to the phone app, which should allow you to bring up your controls. There you go. Totally good. Unexpected tip for that one. Um, (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, and of course, obviously, um, on the watch, on the watch, um, that's quite a lot different. Um, They've now... No, swiping left and right no longer does anything. Um, uh, swiping up now brings up the widgets rather than the control center. To get to the control center, you have to use the side button. And the um, you use the digital crown rather more, which is um, which is quite good, because I thought the digital crown was getting a bit neglected. So, so far, mm-hmm. the watch I quite like. 
Um, the other thing was on my phone when I when I did it, it, it felt to me like it's slightly more contrasty on the screen. I don't know if that's a placebo effect, but the the you know. But you never know. Sometimes they make some quite subtle changes, don't they? That just makes it look clearer. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so I don't know, but there you go. It might be. It might be they've. Might be just they've tweaked the font very slightly, or yeah, or, or you know how they do their anti-aliasing or whatever, um, mm. or the you know the contrast settings or something. I don't know. It just seemed a little um, more contrasty and uh, vivid to me. But that'd be anything. Not again. Only had it a few days, so I haven't been digging around. So who can tell? Um. So let's move on. Um, talk right here we go. As we're talking about things you might or might not know, uh, the ten underrated iPhone features you should use by Slash Gear. Um, and as we were just saying, uh, when the first iPhone hit stores, it was an instant hit. Um, in the intervening, intervening years, Apple has released continuous slate of iPhones, each more advanced than the last, and intermittent software updates. Um, today's phones have more features than ever and cut more come each year. Given how much time we spend, you'd think we might have explored every option and feature of the iPhone, but that is unlikely unless you've spent some serious time digging around in the menus and toying with all the applications. Um, so here we go. Um, document scanning. Um, I don't know if yeah, many people I, use this. I do that. Here it says yeah, here. From time to time. Yep. Particularly scan text. Scan text has been very useful for yep. me. So there we go. Um, last week I was doing something with um, a hymn, and I just wanted to get a few words out of the hymn into. So rather than holding my hymn book up to my Mac, <laughs> I just took a photo with my phone and then used another feature, which we're about to come on to, um, to actually send it to my Mac. And um, and then just copy the text out of it. I found that incredibly useful. That's one of my favourites, I think, of oh, all yeah. these. So, um, as it says here, once upon a time, the fax machine was the pinnacle of communications technology. Uh, oh, yes, I remember those days. Uh, we, don't we all, don't we, just? <laughs> Um, and incredibly, you know, if for those who weren't there, the, the period in the 80s when the fax machine moved from something that only very large corporations could afford, when it came down to sort of thousand-pound bracket, yes. where, you know, yeah. small businesses right. could afford to buy one, it, it became, it was a massive res- revolution. It really was, and uh, changed the way we worked for years. Uh, you know, the purchase of a fax machine was incredible. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was almost as revolutionary as email was, really. Yes, because... In, in its own in its own way, because it, it suddenly made it possible to send messages to people immediately, whereas yes. before you would have either had to pick up, pick up the phone or write a letter. I mean, it's your only choices, really. And within a couple of years, you know, they became ubiquitous, certainly in business. And before yeah, you knew it, yeah. you know, um, they started offering home versions as well because the prices obviously just came down and down and down. And um, that's right. Uh, quite often, printers would come with faxes built in, wouldn't they? So. Yeah, and it was, you know, it was a massive revolution. Um, I mean, when I worked in London originally, if you, you know, when I, you would mark up text to send to the typesetters back in the days before. Yes. You know, 
everybody did their own type because you could do it on your on your Mac or your PC. You would you would have a, literally a TypeScript and you would mark it up with a load of typographers' marks to send to um, the typesetters to be typeset. And uh, you know you would get this TypeScript and you would put your marks all over it, and then uh, you would have to bring up a motorcyclist to come and take it the typesetters for you <laughs> and um you know a motorcyclist would come and take this envelope drive to the ride round to the typesetters for you and drop it off and then they would send back by motorcycle later in the day a printed out you know, typeset and then you would read through that make your um corrections and send that back by motorcycle and then a new uh typeset uh you know piece would come and you would then use that to do your work um uh, youngsters these days they don't know they don't they haven't lived <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh fax machines work yes if you weren't there it's hard to describe how rapidly they took hold and became ubiquitous and, and then um, and then suddenly disappeared i mean literally email appeared and that was it Oop, they were gone <laughs> yep well, of course, at least it, that's how it felt to me. Well, very much, yeah. It very much did feel like that. You know, they were replaced by email. There were and... a few. There were a few professions that sort of held on to them, like um, the legal profession, didn't it? Held on to them for for a while. They still because do because they would accept. Oh, it's... they still do. Uh, they would accept it, wouldn't they? They would accept the signatures on a on a um, a fax. Um, as as an official signature, but they wouldn't not it's on like, an email. It's like um, barristers and whatnot still have um, was it teletype or something? Some incredibly old technology that they still use. But um, fax machines. Uh, most solicitors, I think, or at least barristers, still have fax machines. Although, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty derelict tech. But people like banks and barristers and those sort of people often they they hold on to legacy gear for a very very long time they don't yeah it's usually something to do with the sort of the fact that it gets printed out and it's physical and you know what yeah. i mean it's more it's more to do with that than anything else it's it is indeed they've actually got something physical that they can they file away and is a is a legal document and yet you know when i did my house Pretty much all of the documents were done by Verisign, where you don't sign them yeah, at all. Now, simply, yeah, well, yes, a lot have moved on. Um, you so, simply uh, click a box and it puts in a fake a fake signature. It's not even your fake signature. signature. Just puts in some yeah. sort of handwriting type script with your name. And, you and no doubt there's some, kind of, uh, there's some kind of private key being generated on it somewhere. Mm. Oh yeah, it's you all. Just don't it's see, all... You just don't see that bit. <laughs> no, it's all double encrypted type stuff, so that's true. Although yeah. there was one document that my uh, my conveyances insisted had to be signed in, you know, wet ink. Oh right, okay. Practically, you must sign this in blood. And like I was like, okay, so we have to sign, send it to you, and then you have to write on it with ink, like a caveman. Oh yes, but then... I've had to do that not too long ago. What was that for? And then bizarrely, oh, I, I think it was when I uh, when I um, when I released equity on the house. They hmm. wanted a proper signature. Well, this wasn't for any of the legal documents to do with that. It was some something to say 
there was something that um there was something that, that couldn't be verified because the company involved had long gone bust. So we had uh, to sign right, a, okay. We had to sign a statement of truth or something, which basically says what I've told you is true, and if it's not, you can punish me, right? Um, yeah. and <laughs> yes, I can be done for fraud or whatever. So it was supposed to be, but then the stupid thing was, it's like right, okay, so I, you know, why can't you just send it to me and I'll, I'll. I'll put my signature on it electronically. No, 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 no. You must sign it with wet ink. I was like, okay, <laughs> right, okay. So they had to post it to me and all this, right? And then when I got it, it said, once you've signed it, you can photograph it and email it back to us. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so I had a long discussion with the conveyance and said, so if you, if you were to send me that as a PDF, right, and then I yes. electronically put my signature on it by writing on a piece of paper and putting it on electronically and then emailing it back. How is that different? Oh, no, but then you hadn't signed it physically with a piece of, with an ink. It's like, but you're asking me to then photograph it and send it back to you <laughs> as a digital document. I don't like, yeah, but that's, that's the rules. It's like, like if it wasn't something anyway, so serious, we... I would have been, I would have been tempted to electronically put my signature on it and send it back to them anyway. But I <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to. Anyway, we we've got a little bit caught up in the past there, haven't we? <laughs> we this have. Is the, yes. This is this is the problem when you leave old guys in control of the of the mm. podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um. Anyway, so yes, you can scan documents. Um. And as it says here, uh, you need to modify a document before you send it back. Uh. You know, form to fill or a contract to sign. Um. So the Notes app allows you to scan and med- modify digital documents without printing them out. Uh, create a note or open an existing one. Tap the camera button and select Scan Document. Uh, it will scan as soon as it detects a document if it's in auto mode. Otherwise, you might need to tap the screen or press a volume key. Once scanned, you can access markup from the share menu to add your signature or fill in required fields. Um, which is a very useful feature indeed. Um, yeah, Vinny obviously uses um, use, <laughs> that feature often. Yes, often a lot. Yes, well, I think that's <laughs> so he can fill in his fill in his order for dog biscuits. Scans <laughs> <laughs> his order form, yeah. fills out what dog biscuits he wants. Um, instant scroll to the top. I should think most people know this, but if you don't know this, if you're in something, a page or, you know, Twitter or other type thing yeah. where... Hold on, you've you, you've you've leapt over the physical mute switch. Oh, have I? Whoops. Yes, uh, physical yeah. mute switch. Well, um, does anybody not know about the physical mute switch? Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. I, I wouldn't have thought so. I, I use that quite often. Yes, uh, so do I, um, you know. Yes, there's a physical mute switch above the volume buttons, and if you slide it so it shows red, then your phone will be silent. Um, instant scroll to the top, which I use all the time. When you're scrolling down a long page or using Twitter or other type, you know, yeah, such things. Yeah, very useful. If you tap in the in the top bar, uh, usually just below the, uh, the notch or at the top of the screen, uh, you're, you will scroll back up to the top of the page instantly. Um, and I'm pretty sure most people know that, but if you don't, that's a useful one. No, you do. Uh, verification code autofill. Um, when you get sent things by SMS, again, yeah, this, I like that one. I like that one that's a lot. That's very useful, isn't it? When it comes, you know, it says we have sent the code to you, and you it brings up the fill-in code, and you tap box, and uh, the and you're done. 
the thing will come up automatically and you tap fill in and it's done for you and in um the latest one which i haven't done yet it will now also apparently detect such codes sent via email not just by text messages Ooh, which will also good. be very very useful because um sms is sometimes not, yeah sometimes not, it happens that way yeah, uh, SMS is not really the safest mode to send two-factor uh, authentication codes, um, and no. you will be able to do it with emails as well when um, so no, um, iOS 17 comes out, um, right? Which I'm looking forward to. Um, the back tap. We've talked about this before. Um, you can set things to uh, trigger. A variety of things can be set to trigger with double and triple tap on the back of your phone. Um, I tried this and I couldn't get it to work reliably, unfortunately. And uh, oh, so, right. I've completely forgotten this one. Yeah, you can uh, set this, you know, non button by tapping on the back of your phone a double or triple tap. And I believe some people really use it a lot. It's part of the accessibility menu. Um, right. I tried it and uh, I couldn't get it to work reliably. Um, might be because I use a TPU shock case, but um, I turned it off because it yes, it get, could be. Could I be. couldn't couldn't get it to work reliably. Um, obviously, it uses the sensors in the phone to detect tapping on the back of the case. Um, worth a go if you're interested. Uh, as I say, it didn't work for me, but that doesn't mean very much. Um, another one: continuity in the Apple ecosystem. Well, I use this all the time. I don't know about you, Nick. Oh yeah, and me. It's probably one of the one of the best features of Apple. Jeff, definitely, continuity is just brilliant. I mean, you hear other people say, "Oh, oh, I've got this," and "Oh, I'll email it to myself," and uh, I think, uh. <laughs> just being able to. I mean, things like um, uh, I have. Um, uh, WhatsApp on my phone, but I don't have it on my iPad or my Mac. No, I have got it on my Mac, but I don't use it much on my Mac. Uh, but I do occasionally use it on the Mac, um, but not on my iPad. And But I, when I'm setting up Zoom meetings, I do it on my iPad because it's easier. Uh, and then I want to send it to people in WhatsApp, and all I do is tap on copy, tap on copy, pick up my phone, open WhatsApp, paste. Wonderful. Yep. Oh, Best the thing in the world. Universal clipboard is, you know, I use that all the time. It is so useful. Um, cutting and pasting but, across. But, but also stuff popping, you know, when you're using stuff on your phone, you can see it popping up on your Mac. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I just love continuity. I think it's... Oh, uh, continuity. As I say, probably one of the best features of the of the last... I don't know, when did, when did they bring continuity? Let's say the last 10 years. I can't remember how long I can't remember when. It's been... Um, I don't remember when they introduced it, but it, ever since they brought it in, it's brilliant. And, of course, it's not yeah. just from your phone, as you say. It's your iPad and things. I mean, one of the things I love um, is when I'm watching the Apple TV, if you ever need to enter anything, so you go into search, so you're looking for a movie, the minute you hit yes. the search box on Apple TV, my phone will buzz. and That's right, and you can use your keyboard on your... Yeah, that's brilliant. And you can yeah. use your keyboard on your phone to type in rather than using the trying to tippity-tap it out on the thing. Um, I know you can use Siri, yeah, it's but... The, it's, the one, it's probably the one thing that I'd really miss if I went over to Android, because I'm not aware that Android has a similar feature. So I'd definitely miss that. 
I don't I don't know, but I would miss it. I you know, I use copy and paste and uh yeah, open on another device. So, you know, if you're yep. particularly I tend to browse the web quite a lot on my phone and if I come to a page that's not particularly easy to navigate on the phone, I can open my Mac and there it is in the bar ready to be opened. Um so that's that's good. Um well series suggestions well, there you go. Uh, if you um, put things in Siri, it will make suggestions for you. Um, supposed to learn from your behavior so that it will uh, make suggestions about what actions you might want to take next. Can't say I make a great deal of use of that personally, but it's... Um... Is that is that the same as when it pops up things that you use regularly? Uh, is that it? I don't yeah. know. Is this via, via... Do you have to speak to it or... Um, I can't remember what series suggestions is. It's also it also as it says here, it also pops up a window with eight applications inside. These applications will rotate over time. Um, oh right, so when you yeah, go to the sorry, search it, screen, that is that. But it will also yeah, suggest it, it, it is what I think it is. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, I, I, I do find that useful actually. I mean, there are a number of things that I do. Uh, we have a Bible study on the second and fourth of us a, <laughs> a Thursday of every month. And I get down to church and up pops the message with, you know, Kindle, which I use, and the Bible app, which I use. And they just pop up on that day at that time. Yep. <laughs> it's almost like magic. And it, same with my um, with my music app. You know, the music app is always suggested when I'm in the place where I normally go to rehearse my choir yep. and things. Yep. So that, that is a series uh, suggestions, which you may, yeah. you know, you may get without so even yes, realising. Yeah, that's another one I use quite a lot and, and find a little spooky at times. <laughs> it, it's almost like it knows me better than I know myself. Well, I think it relies on things like time and location and what apps yes, you've used previously yeah. and so on and so forth. Uh, but that's and you The all... first time it did it, I thought, oh, what's going on here? How did it know that I needed that? <laughs> yeah, you'll find it uh, on the on the um, on the phone. Particularly if you swipe down to get search, it will be that box at the top. So, for example, at the moment, it suggests for me Slack, YouTube, messages, photos, Safari, blah blah blah. Um, in mine, it's usually the same frequently used apps, but uh, it, it does sometimes um, suggest other things which tend to follow on from each other. So, you know, um, from notes to mail or whatever. Uh, there we go. Uh, undo typing. Uh, for those who don't know how this works, it's right goes right back to the early days, but uh, it's shake to undo. If you don't know how to get undo on your phone when you're typing something out, Shake and you'll get undo, uh, undo typing. And uh, if you, oh yes, someone did that. Someone did that recently, and I, I completely forgotten. That was another one of those features that um, I'd completely forgotten that you could do. Yep, it's uh, so yeah. Shake your iPhone or your iPad doesn't work with your Mac. <laughs> doesn't work with your Mac. You've got Command Z on the Mac. But there we go. <laughs> uh, there is no Command Z on. Picking up my Mac Mini and giving it a good shake. Yeah, I'm sure it'll love that. <laughs> 
But uh, on iOS, you shake your device to bring up the undo. Uh, mail drop, which is almost invisible, uh, which is, of course, the fact that you can send large attachments. Uh, and rather than um, actually emailing very large attachments, it will store them for you and send the link to the recipient in the email. Oh, I'd forgotten that, yeah. Yeah, um, similar to... Uh, you know, uh, services like WeTransfer and such, you know, send big files and people like that. Yes. So it's possible that I've used it without even being yes. aware that I was using it. <laughs> I, th I think you will. Yeah. And these days it's not so common, or at least on your phone, to be sending something that's sort of between 10 and sort of over 10 or 20 meg. But yeah. it does happen, I suppose, for videos and things, if you wish to share those. Um, yes. But, you know, rather than having to go to a separate service and um, attach them and all that, you, you can email them and uh, it will say, do you wish to send this with MailDrop? And instead of attaching the file, it will uh, send them a link. Mm-hmm. Live text, which we've already mentioned, of course, which is the ability of uh, your phone to pick up text from screenshots and photos and all sorts of places. Um, yeah, but it's also it's also where it offers you like QR codes and yes, exactly um, that kind um, of thing, where it'll pop up a message and say, "Do you want to go to this website?" Yep, yep. It can detect URLs and phone phone numbers and all sorts of other things. So there you go. There's some there's some good tips in there. I I, I, I use quite a few of those. So that's, yep, I that's do nice use change. quite a few of them, but um, <laughs> so do I. Um, like all these things, you know, as we've said before, some people probably use them all the time. Other people, yeah, and some of them you probably do forget is there. I'm in the back tap. Uh, I know it's there, but it didn't work for me. Um, undo typing I use quite a lot. Mail drop I don't use that much, but I don't send big mm. attachments around. Not when I was working, no. I used to, but obviously, yeah, um, I don't particularly. Live live text I use all the time. So there we go. There's some useful ones in case you're not uh, aware of them. Um, uh, so, uh, what have we else have we got? Um, apparently, some iPhone 14 Pro users are seeing a battery health tank. Um, apparently, despite the fact that um, the iPhone 14 Pro uh, is not quite a year old, uh, some users say uh, that their battery health is... Uh, crashing below 90% already. Um, not quite sure what that's all about. As it says in this article on Tom's Guide, uh, Apple have not yet acknowledged the problem. It's hard to know exactly what might be causing it. Joanna Stern notes in her newsletter that when she took her phone to the Apple Store, staff told her that the battery was ageing at a normal pace for a power user. Um, using the Mac app, coconut battery she was able to find she charged her phone 451 times since purchase which is not that far off apple's expectation of 500 cycles before you go down to 80 percent uh, right okay um however other people have say here i have wirelessly charged my iphone 14 every day since release and the battery still reports 100 percent hmm um Several people, it says, are you know reporting that their capacity in has gone down to sub ninety percent already, which seems quite quick. But then again, um, 
as it says here, unfortunately, it's a vicious cycle. The more you charge your phone, the more it weakens the battery, and the weaker battery requires you to charge it more often, which exacerbates yeah. the problem. Um, yes. Yes, we were talking about before we started, um, uh, just so people understand, we probably talked for an hour before we actually started recording. <laughs> we talked about all sorts of things. Um, but we were talking about my iPhone 11 battery is now down to 70-odd percent. Um, but... I don't think I bought it new. I think I bought it from Music Magpie, so it had had previous use before me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's unusual, isn't it, that they've got some people that have got such a big drop in that time. But I suppose if if they're just using it very heavily, I mean, all, all phones will, you know, if you're constantly playing games on it, you'll flatten your battery fairly quickly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it all depends. It all depends on what you're using and how you're using it. You know. Um, as it says here, yeah, back in 2018, Apple introduced battery health uh, in 11.13. It was intended as an easy way for owners to check how well their battery was holding up after, of course, the whole throttle gate shenanigans. Yeah. Apple recommend a replacement if it goes below 80%. Apple's conservative estimate is that this should not happen for, for at least 500 complete charge cycles. Um, exactly why, who can tell? Um, does the iPhone 14 have an always-on screen? I think it does, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, this should sip at the battery. It's possible it could do more. Uh, heat can cause battery capacities to shrink, so maybe the iPhone 14 gets a bit warmer than other models, uh, either in use or while fast charging. Um, there we go. But the sheer fact that they've got the sheer fact they've got people who've got 97% who have had their phones exactly the same amount of time for me indicates that it's something to do with the way they're using their phones. Yes, um, I... no one. They're obviously not. I don't. I'm not claiming that they're using their phones incorrectly. I'm just saying that some people are heavier users than others of their battery, and that the battery yeah. will only have so many cycles. That's how batteries work. Look, yeah, I, I. I mean, I. I do think. Um, no, one of the people who. I mean, the person who reported it was Joanna Stern. Um, I suspect these people are really are very heavy phone users. I mean. Mm. As I said uh, a few shows ago, didn't I? My daughter's iPhone 11 Pro Max, the battery was down to 78% or something. Um, and she was complaining that it was, it would, you know, no longer last the day and it would sometimes suddenly go into very, you know, almost kind of crash from 30% to almost out, which is a common feature when the batteries get worn yeah. out that they, you know, they'll get to say 30%, which you'd expect to continue for some time. And then you check again and it's gone down to 10. Um, of course, having said all that, um, it is possible that uh, because it's happened before to Apple that there are a batch of phones that have a problem and maybe at some point they might discover it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, if there is, I'm sure it will come to light. But uh, from from what they've got in this article, I mean, 451 charge cycles is, you know, quite a lot. Quite, quite, it is quite a lot. That, that's from full to empty. Yeah, in a um, year. That's what a charge cycle is. Yeah, that's, yep. that's a charge cycle is a full. So if you, if you charge your battery, if it's at 100%, you get it down to 50%. That's not a full cycle. That's only half a cycle. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that is a lot. That's a lot of charges. Um, so, you know, if you've got an iPhone 14 um, and, you know, you would like to tell us how it's doing. Oh, yeah. 
please do. Let us know in the Slack what your, what your percentage is. Do the Slack or, you know, hit me up on Twitter, X, whatever, um, and let me know. We'd be interested to do our own mini survey, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, there we are. Um, I've got two stories about the iPhone 15 may not be the only Apple handset to get USB-C. Um, we've got one here from Tom's Guide again and one from Znet. Um, some people seem surprised by this. I don't think it's overly, uh, would be overly surprising. Um, if Apple follows the traditional schedule, we will see a new iPhone in September. Yes, we almost certainly will. Um, I didn't even bother with all the things of when we think the iPhone will be released because, uh, to be honest, Apple almost always do it in September. About the only time they didn't was during COVID and they like Tuesdays and they like the middle of September. So that probably gives you two likely dates that anyone who follows Apple in any aspect whatsoever could probably make a good stab at. Vinny and the Squirrels could probably take a stab at one of those two and have a fairly good chance of being right. Um, Apparently, um, user Aaron P613 shows uh, a post on Twitter uh, shows that six unreleased iPhone models were in the TVOS 17 beta code. Four model numbers belong to the iPhone 15 models and two iPhone models belong to iPhone 14 uh, models, likely according to BGR. Um, so it says here, typically Apple ceases official production and distribution of the previous iteration Pro model to avoid it hindering sales of the latest iPhone Pro model. Um, Apple usually, of course, keep one model available, don't they, as the your sort of budget uh, flagship, as it were. Yeah. Um, and that's usually the previous model. Um, so the suggestion here is that because the EU is mandating the use of uh, USB-C um, and all tech companies must comply by 2024, um, it's suggested here that um, they may add USB-C to the iPhone 14 going forward, uh, which I wouldn't consider to be shockingly unlikely. Um, somebody else suggested it might be the iPhone 13, but I can't really see why they would uh, do that. Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, so oh, there we are. When it, comes to, when it comes to cables, I have to say, do I care? No, <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah, if we get USB-C, then fine, we get USB-C. And if we End don't, story. and if we don't get it until the iPhone 16, well, so be it. Um, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Right. Um, I don't think it would be a bad thing, and it wouldn't necessarily be. You know, it's not going to be for most people. I don't think it would be a huge thing. I'm not surprised they held on to Lightning for a while because lots of people had Lightning cables, obviously, and USB-C yeah. was fairly new. And as USB-C has become more prolific, we've all got USB-C cables. You know, a few years yes, ago, um, if they put USB-C straight into the iPhone when um, you know they first introduced it on the Mac, I think I might have been a bit more annoyed because... It would have been yeah, everyone would have had to buy new cables. Cables, yeah. and it would have been a pain, or you'd have got one in the box, and that would have been it. And um, at that point, of course, when they don't give you a charger in the box, it would have meant having to go out and get um, a USB-C charger. 
I mean, now everything starts has gone USB C, and I've got I've got USB A and USB C charge blocks all over the place, and I've got USB C cables, and I've got A to C cables, and all the sorts. So, and I suspect most other people have as well now. And I, I guess, yeah, it probably is time to switch. Yeah. You know, it would be nice not to have to think, oh, what's that cable? Is that oh no, that's lightning, and I want C, or that's C, and I want lightning. <laughs> um, Yes. First world problem yeah. of a, you know, massive order. Um, so some people seem to be surprised by this. You know, Apple may add USB-C to older iPhones too. That was ZNet. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lightning going away now. And how old is it now? It's got to be, when did they introduce Lightning? Oh, who knows? Five? iPhone 5? iPhone 5, I think. Oh, right. So it has been around quite a while. So what are we talking? Ten years? Ish. Mm. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me to see them put USB-C into the, you know, into the older phone. Not wouldn't see that as a massive challenge, would you? Um, I mean, the USB-C, as far as I'm aware, a USB-C socket and a Lightning socket are not that different in size. Um, well, if the EU are saying they're going to do it, they're probably going to do it. So I might as well just get on and get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose there's no reason that they have to with the iPhone 14 because that will probably be, you know, they'll sell it next year and then discontinue it for 2025. So they might or they might not. But, you know, there's these two mystery iPhone numbers apparently in some of the betas, which nobody knows what they are. Um, Obviously four, obviously other um, things, but that could be something else. We don't know. They're mystery numbers, but it's a that's a prediction by several people that that could be what those are about. Um, what else have we got? Um, seven things to do before you resell your iPhone from Tom's Guide. Uh, handy little list of things to do if you're you know selling or passing on your um your well any iOS device to be honest. Um, we'll skim yeah, through this. Idea. Um, create a backup. Unpair your iPhone from all your other devices. Cancel your Apple Care unless you wish to let it go to somebody else. Um, log out of apps and remove connected accounts. Sign out of your Apple ID. As it says here, if you are uh, returning this to Apple, don't do it until they tell you to. What, do, what does it mean, log, log out of apps and remove connected accounts? What does that mean? Um, well, for example, your mail, your internet accounts where you're signed but in. Is that, to... ne- is that necessary? Because why don't you just log in from your new phone? Yeah, I'm not sure that you need to log out of apps and remove connected accounts because uh, when you wipe the data, yeah. that's going to go. But um, I suppose... Some sometimes some um, some apps kind of uh, yes, register. There are, def- there are definitely some apps. Yeah, there are some apps. I mean, I've got a a, a, a particular bank banking app that that uses the idea of your phone as as a key. So yes, if you change your phone, then you're going to have to log out and log in and reset that back up again. But generally, I wouldn't have thought you need to log out of apps and stuff. I don't think I have in the past. I've just I've literally know. just. Um, cleared everything off it and um, um i have i have disconnected it from iCloud um yes uh, but apart from that that's pretty much all i've done and then just delete everything yeah do the delete everything erase all content and settings uh, and this one is one that actually is a really handy reminder because lots of people forget to do this delete your iphone as a trusted device in your iCloud account yes. um 
which you do uh, by going to Apple uh, settings, your name, select iPhone, delete, tap remove from account. Or if you don't have another device to do that, you can sign into your account via a browser at iCloud.com. But that is actually surprises me. Surprises me the number of people who don't do these sort of things Mm. when they're selling their, their equipment on. I think I told you. I think I told you when I bought the last Apple TV, I bought I bought second hand, and it, and it had got someone else's account all on, all over it. They hadn't mm. bothered deleting their account off it, um, and I could have just carried on watching their Netflix, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I wanted, I didn't obviously, no, but I could have done. Could have done. It's it. Yeah, it's amazing how many people don't. Um, I'm glad to say if you go to places like um, Entertainment Exchange or the uh, computer. Uh, exchange or whatnot they will make sure that you have done that before they take it oh that's good yeah that's um, good. they will check that you have wiped it correctly um they won't take it if you haven't actually um right that's a useful little list but that is a useful list of a handy reminder of you know things to do if you're um disposing of your phone whether you're giving it to somebody else or selling it um very useful list of things to do. Um, yeah, for example, mm-hmm. you know, uh, unpair your iPhone from other devices, you know, Bluetooth headsets and your car and things like that. Not because that's essential, but because otherwise your car or your headphones may still be trying to connect to your no longer available yes. device, which can cause issues. So, Andy, little yeah. tip there. Battery issues, in fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is what we've been talking about. Yeah, polling for non-existent Bluetooth devices. Um, mm. Google have rolled out their unknown Apple AirTag tracker alerts for Android, um, which obviously previously there was an app, which was a sort of passive scan. Um, now they have um, added, like Apple, uh, auto detection, which will tell you if an unknown Apple tag is following you around, which is jolly good. All part of the Apple and Google uh, collaboration on that. Um, how to uninstall apps on your Apple CarPlay. This is from Slash Gear. Um, again, you do this from your phone, um, not on your CarPlay device for obvious reasons. Um, a bit like the thing I discovered uh, a few shows ago, which said how you can rearrange your um, CarPlay apps on your screen, on your vehicle, which was quite useful because it allowed me to move a couple of things I use often to the front and things I don't further away. You can apparently remove certain apps from CarPlay uh, in the same manner. Um, yeah. Right, open the settings. Yeah, open the settings on iPhone. Tap General, tap, tap CarPlay, CarPlay. Tap the name of your car, yeah. hit Customize. You can delete unwanted laps from CarPlay menu oh, by yeah. tapping. There they are. If you don't have a there red... There you go. I didn't, I didn't nope. know that. I didn't know that. If you don't have a red minor symbol, then the app cannot be removed from the CarPlay. Gotcha. Um, and oh, you can nice restore these apps in any time in the same process if you desire. Um, you can also rearrange the apps to show up on your display by holding and dragging them around. Um, and then there's a link to nine other CarPlay tricks to try out, which I haven't actually looked at. Click that now and see what that <laughs> says. He says, yeah, in your own time. Right, thank you. Finally decided he's going to do it. Uh, no, it's going very slow. Oh, here we are. Ten Apple tra- car trick play, uh, CarPlay tricks every driver should know. 
um, customize. I might have looked at these before, um, which is uh, apparently you can customize the backgrounds and so on. Uh, announce new text messages, which I um, I do all the time on CarPlay. When I yeah. get a text message, it flashes up. You tap it, and it will read out the message for you. Uh, use Siri. Yeah. Um, add or remove apps. Uh, let contacts track where you go. Help make navigation easier for other drivers. Um, report an accident, speed check, or roadworks through Siri if you use Apple Maps. Um, well, I, did, I, I didn't. I didn't know about this uh, contact track your journey thing. That's uh... no. Um, if you're on your way to a meeting or to pick someone up and you get delayed, CarPlay can send them a notification telling you how long you will be. To share the ETA, tap the ETA display at the bottom of the screen. Select Share ETA. You can list, choose from the list of contacts and share your journey time with one or more. As well, long there as you go. Using, I, didn't, I didn't know you could do that. If you're using iOS 13 or above, they'll get a Maps notification with your ETA and can track your journey through the app. Oh, that's cool. If they're using an older iPhone or iPad, they'll receive the notifications through iMessage. And you can share your ETA with Android users who will receive it as a text message. Ah, there you go. So, didn't know that. I assume that might be the part of the technology they're going to use for this, um, uh, what is it, the, the, the thing they're adding, the get home safely thing. It's probably similar, based on the same technology, I would guess. Um, yeah. You can customise the map view. Um, you can use dashboard view, whatever that is. Um, oh, that's uh, yeah, that's one of the that's the view which allows you to have the map and uh, a couple of other things and your now playing and so on. Um, so uh, oh, right, yeah. Didn't even realise you would consider that anything special, but it's the the multi view. Um, Customise your map view and control smart home tech from your car. Find where you've parked your car. Um, well, I have used that a couple of times when I. Particularly if I've been, uh, when I've been to the shows, uh, where you're sort of parked in the car park three miles away. And, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's huge. That's actually, you sort of point you in the right direction. So you, you, I must admit, I I don't think it was last this year, but last year when I went, I must have stood within about 10 feet of my car and I still couldn't see it. <laughs> and it's because it was behind... It was behind the van. It was van, pointing yeah. at the van, and I was thinking, "What's going on? Where, where yeah. is it?" <laughs> there we are. So um, there you go. Some tips for uh, making the most out of your car play. Um, uh, right. Um, Apple's malware flagging tool is trivially easy to bypass. Uh, apparently, the uh, the developer from Objective C. Uh, spelled S-E-E, who makes tools like Lulu and BlockBlock Block and various other uh, security and privacy-based tools. Um, there's Apple's background task management tool focuses on watching for software persistence, uh, which is, can obviously be used by malware. Um, lots of legitimate software needs persistence, so all of your apps and data preferences show up as you leave them every time you turn your device on. Uh, but if software establishes persistent un persistence unexpectedly, you should take it as a sign of something suspicious. Um, with this in mind, Apple added the background task manager in Ventura, which launched in October 2022, uh, which sends notifications to users and third-party security tools running on the system if a persistent event occurs. 
which most of you might have seen if you install a new tool and you get a notification saying uh, such and such was added to the startup menu or various other um, messages of simmer ilk. Um, um, Wardle has discovered that uh, there are basic issues with the tool which cause persistence event notifications to fail. He has reported them to Apple and the company fixed the error, but the company didn't identify deeper issues in the tool, according to him. Eventually, they fixed the issue, but it was like putting tape on a crashing airplane. They didn't realise the feature needs a lot of work. Um, Bypasses Wardle has presented on Saturday requires root access to a target device, meaning attackers need to have full control before they can stop users receiving persistence alerts. Um, oh, why, why do they... Oh, it just really annoys me that we go, have to get you work your way three-quarters of the way through the article before they actually say, yeah, you've got to have the phone. Yeah. Um, <sighs> well, or you've got to be able to escalate, uh, you know, in this case, your Mac. Um, yeah. However, apparently there's an exploit in a bug. How the alert system communicates with the core kernel, um, which capitalizes on uh, a capability which allows users, even without deep system privileges, to put processes to sleep. This can be manipulated to disrupt persistence notifications. Um, so, uh, basically, Mr. Wardle of Objective-C, who does know what he's talking about, he's not some, you know, panic monger, um, says the background he's task... He's basically saying Apple, Apple should do better... And they, yep. but yeah, it's a good, yet. it's a good idea and it needs improvement. Um, yeah. he adds that bypassing this monitoring simply brings the state of the Mac OS security back to where it was a year ago before the feature debuted. It is problematic that Apple releases monitoring tools which seem rushed or need more testing because it could give users and security vendors a false sense of security. So obviously he's disclosed things to Apple, um, and there we go. So um, we all, we we always get stories like this, yeah. don't we? I mean, we know it's an ongoing battle between software writers and malware writers, and definitely, and, and eventually it catches it catches up, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's much of a story, really. It's just no, probably not. But um, you know, as I say, he does. Mr. Wardle does know what you're talking about. I think really he's saying Apple should do better. Um, that's all. Um, and do you remember? As I say, when... uh, yeah, go as on. I say, we've had we've had questions. We've had points made exactly the same points made years ago, though, haven't we? And oh uh, yeah, it just pops up its head every now and then because Apple aren't as on the ball as they should be. But then any Leviathan as big as Apple, things slip through the gaps, don't they? Well, I yeah. also think it, without, and I'm not... Not, uh, not, o- not only that, sorry, not only that, but the, the, it, quite often the reports are, by the time the article's written, they've been in and fixed it. So not yeah. on this occasion. Not on this case. And also, of course, uh, and, and not making any excuses for Apple, but Mr. Wardle is, you know, he spends his time. That is his, you know, his life yes. and his livelihood. Um, Indeed. Searching for these things and, you know, um, and I'm not saying that Apple shouldn't have people as good and clever as him employed to deal with security, but sometimes, you know, if that's somebody's pretty much, I won't say sole um, focus, but... You know, something that they do all day, every day, that um, they may be quicker or better at spotting some of these things than 
other people. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a top, right. you know, considered to be, I believe, a top expert in his field. So there we are. Um, do you remember we talked about the Titbits um, new kind of uh, surveys, the Do You Use It surveys? Um, oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes. So um, if you remember, there were... Um, one was Launchpad. I've got uh, uh, Tidbits have released uh, basically their results from the first couple here. Um, Launchpad doesn't compete for long-time Mac users. Uh, this one didn't surprise me very much. We have the results of our Do You Use It poll about Launchpad. Um, as they say here, um, uh, uh, Launchpad isn't new to the Mac and it was introduced in 10.7 Lion. Um, and Apple's intent was likely to provide a familiar user experience for those who came via the iPhone or iPad. Uh, our poll results suggested that most Tidbits readers, mostly long-time Mac users, largely ignore Launchpad, with 70% of the 800-plus respondents saying they never use it. Um, however, Apple regularly suggests that half of Mac, user, Mac purchases are made by people new to the platform, and therefore Tidbits readers are not necessarily representative. So, you know, they're, um, they're not yeah, making any... New, that's yes, new exactly. users. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not, um, as they're saying here, you know, tidbits readers are not necessarily a representative of the general population. They are some somewhat self-selecting. Yes, bunch. and yeah, and new users will only be a fairly small percentage of the number of Mac or uh, Mac users. So, <laughs> it's, Even, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. It yeah depends yeah. On, on how you look at it, really. But uh, I think it's interesting because I never use it, so no, no. I'd be in that seventy percent. Um, um, and frequently only six percent. Mm. So that's well, uh, occasionally seventeen percent. Uh, yeah, daily. That's still seven. quite a small number, isn't it? It's a very small percentage. Um, this one, that one, didn't really surprise me. Um, I suspect that most people who are long-time Mac users and are unlikely to have, you know, make much use of it. Um, as it says here, they they suspect that people who use um the Launchpad for um, frequently may use it for other means such as uh, uninstalling apps that uh, you know and so on because you can do several things from there. Um, so I wasn't. What's uh, What's also interesting is I've just had a look at the other one, the Stage Manager one. <laughs> yes. So okay, they haven't they haven't got quite so many voters. They've only got about just under six hundred voters on this one, but eighty six percent said they didn't use Stage Manager on the Mac. Um, and on the iPad, ninety-one percent. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me really, because it's yet again another another set of features that are hidden somewhat, and if they're not under your nose, you just forget about them. True, true. As it, uh, they have two thoughts here. It says Stage Manager may have been less popular amongst iPad users because of its steep system requirements. Um, yeah, true. I was intrigued that the iPad poll received so many fewer votes. The most obvious explanation that many tidbits readers have Macs but not iPads. And if you don't own an iPad, it doesn't make any sense to, uh, you know, participate no, in the poll. Um, yeah. Both polls generated lots of comments and the most frequent response being puzzlement. Either people don't really understand what Apple is trying to achieve with Stave Manager or do not find it compelling. Uh, also, a common theme was that... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't use it on my iPad. 
No. So I do occasionally multitask on my iPad, but I don't use Stage Manager because I just don't see the point in it, really. Um, apparently, it says those working on Mac laptops or iPads other than the 12.9-inch iPad Pro often said they avoided Stage Manager because it didn't maximise usable screen estate. Um, mm. So uh, I, I wasn't surprised by the launch pad um, result. I'm slightly surprised that the iPad result uh was so you know down on stage manager um yeah i just yeah i just think it's a bit fiddly to use mm. personally um because if you if you i mean how many apps are you actually going to be switching between and again it depends on whether it depends on whether the vast majority of you of your users try to use the ipad as a mac uh, and there is always this sort of tension, isn't it, between people who want the iPad to be a Mac <laughs> and as well as an iPad. And um, I think if probably if you're the kind of person who uses it more like a Mac, you're more likely to use Stage Manager. Um, but if you're like me and you you might have one or two programs you're using at the same time, you can swipe between them. Um, you're probably not going to use it. No. So I don't I don't think it surprises me particularly that it's not very popular. I, when it came out, I thought it was an interesting idea, but I'm not quite sure. At the time, I, I thought, I'm not sure how, how well that's going to be I used. D- mm, I also suspect that one of his comments there is uh, probably quite true, that unless you've got the, you know, the very large iPad Pro yes, and make use of, say, multiple fairly um, pro apps, I you know like say um well that's right because i mean some some maps won't even multitask anyway so it depends no. on uh, but i could imagine yeah. if say you were using let's say we're using affinity publisher on the ipad and you might want to have a word processor open with your text files and so on yeah. i could see it being you know but i my biggest thing when i saw it was it doesn't really make the best use of the screen estate and uh, unless you've got a very large iPad I could see it being quite fiddly yeah um, it was just yeah I agree it didn't and as I say it's really desire it the, the, uh, the reason for them putting the, the thing in in the first place I think was to appease the we want it to be more like a Mac people yeah and I'm not sure yeah. how many of the those there is, really are <laughs> well, uh, well no that's right and the truth is most of those people would probably prefer using a Mac <laughs> yeah. anyway. So, so uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting that it's there. Maybe it will evolve. Um, no doubt, as we've said before, maybe there are people who use it and really love it. But And I guess the fact that, you know, there are so many people using iPads and Macs and what, even if only a few percentage points of your audience make use of it and find it very useful that doesn't matter it, it's there and it's yeah. good for them yeah there are lots of things right. in, the, in you know as we've said before there are lots of things on the mac that i never use that doesn't make them oh well, i don't see why that's there i don't use it therefore it's useless other people may use it all the time like <laughs> tab switching you know yeah. um and so on yeah but I that, agree. that was um interesting interesting so you know mm-hmm. if you're interested in that sort of thing keep your eye on the tidbits polls and they're not doing a lot of them you know they're not constant so they're worth interesting little bit of feedback um uh apple t this one's a bit weird this one apple tv's frog and toad is not viewable in the u.s uh apparently the animated series frog and toad um 
has disappeared from Apple TV Plus on uh, in the US. Um, attempts to view this show via Apple TV Plus results in a content unavailable, stating the content is no longer available and does not appear in the search results on the Apple service. Um, mm-hmm. It's That's unclear why. Yeah, it says it's unclear why this is unavailable to view, but it seems likely to be a region-specific issue in the UK. The show appears and functions with no limitations. Um, and it says here, uh, so somebody called Greg Winsky, who's an Emmy win award-winning writer for late-night shows, highlights the possibility that the show has been pulled from the service. Um, that seems unlikely to me because Apple, unlike people like Netflix. Even when they've killed shows, um, they don't pull it, do they? Yeah, they no, keep it. They they're still available to view. If they've discontinued, I mean, like um, get what it was, but something the other day they said that they were not going to renew it for a second season. City on Fire was it? Maybe I can't remember. Um, there was a series which um, Apple have declined to renew for a second season, but they're not pulling it. You can still watch it. Just be aware they're not going to make any more. Um, mm. So. It says here, Apple Insider has attempted to contact Apple about the missing content. I suspect there's some sort of uh, legal licensing yes, shenanigans. Yes, it's going to be something like that, isn't it? Yeah, because um, they've not pulled it from anywhere else that anywhere is, you know, you can certainly watch it in the here in the UK. So, um, And the fact that they've pulled it all together also seems unusual. Apple don't normally do that. So um, that was just an intriguing little snippet, really. Uh, the Vancouver... Th- Car thieves outsmart a woman's hidden air tag. Um, a Vancouver woman used an Apple air tag to trace where where she believed uh, her stolen vehicle, only to discover um, a different story. Um, basically, they found the tag and stuck it in another car. Um, <laughs> well, this is why Apple say it's not for recovering, um, you know, stolen yes. things. It's for finding yeah. lost things. Um, and there's enough, you know, ways to find an air tag. Um, if you are inclined to do so. So, realistically, um, no big surprise. Uh, no. Tarthies. I think that's quite inventive, of, quite inventive of the thieves, actually, to think <laughs> yeah. you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, well... I mean, they could have just thrown it out of the car, couldn't they? But Yeah, well, you see that all the time, don't you, in spy movies? Be, oh, I found the secret GPS tracker on my car. Stick it on that truck and send the baddies in another day. That's right, and it's, it's on a on a... On a a, uh, a collar on a on a white rabbit when you find it or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. yeah. Um, yeah, and that's not really surprising. I, you know, I just I, I haven't read that in depth. I read the thing and it was like basically, yeah, the thieves thieves are getting wise. Obviously, you know, take the find the yeah. tag, dispose of it. Um, it's not not difficult, is it? Uh, and Apple have always said it's not for locating stolen things. Um, here we go. Uh, iPhone end call button is moving, and that might be what, a bit weird for a while, um, which is what we were talking about earlier. Um, the button has moved from the centre to the oh, bottom dear, right of the phone. Uh, the weirdest thing for me, as I said earlier, is that uh, mute is now on the right and speaker is now on the left, whereas previously they were the other way round. Um, and I'm not quite sure why they would do such a thing. Um, the button, I, you know, I understand, and it's all to do with the, uh, you know, the thing of contact posters. That's on Znet. 
uh, and just there's what I've already mentioned. Um, and Apple is cutting its classic iTunes movie trailers app, but it's had as a new home because it's been moved into uh, moved yeah, into the TV Apple TV app. app, which makes sense yeah. to me. Um, it know, does makes sense. I quite um, like I quite like having a flip through that occasionally. I'll suddenly come across it and think, oh, I'll have a flip through and see what's coming up. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Um, and the, I've men- we've mentioned this, haven't we? M3 mode roadmap speculation hints at Apple silicon, silicon generation chips. Well, uh, I think all of us could uh, predict the roadmap for that. Uh, you know, there'll be an M3. Yeah, uh, I reckon there'll be. A, I reckon it could be an M4 and an M5 after that as yeah. well. And uh, know, I might stick my neck out and say even an M6. <laughs> yeah, that could be. And that almost certainly will be an M3 Pro, an M3 Max, and an M3 Ultra. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there we are. So that's all the stories, Nick. That's all the stories. And we are done. That's good. So uh, there we are. Uh, Fair number of stories and not too much along the what we expect in the iPhone 16 or other such junk. Yeah, I quite like these, um, you know, the 10... 10 new features you've never used kind of thing, because it just reminds you about stuff that you've completely forgotten about. And uh... Yeah, they're not. I mean, a lot of the headbaits are like, you know, users are only just discovering this secret feature. No, they're not. No, sorry, they're not. They're just... <laughs> Be honest. And it's not secret. It's just not obvious. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Just, you know, be honest about it and say, here are, you know, uh, 10 features of your iPhone you should, you know, probably be making use of. But there we are. And the best one I've learned is the one you told me, the pill at the top of the mm. phone to take you back to the controls. Excellent. <laughs> I'll try and remember that one. There we go. Well, that's it. The time is ticking on. Obviously, we were chatting for quite a while about cars and other things before we got started. So uh, we'll wrap it up, shall we? Um, Sounds like a good idea. uh, Yep. As usual, um, Nick, where can they find you? In the Slack room, mostly. I think I still do have a uh, an X account. Did they get automatically transferred across from Twitter when they changed? Oh yes, yeah, so all they did was change the name. Nothing else has changed, really. Well, but if you want to have a look on there and see, you know, the the three things that I've posted, feel free. But <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but I don't look at it, so uh, probably not best to contact me that way. But yeah, I'm in the Slack room, so if you want to have a chat, come into the Slack. Yeah, and I can't remember if I mentioned this last time, but I've discovered that. Uh, Elon Musk has killed the bot that automatically puts up when I post the show. It's mildly annoying, but there you go. Oh. So uh, if you've wondered why you don't get tech, uh, you know, tweets from me saying a new show is posted, it's because the automatic uh, bot from the website to tell you has been turned off, apparently. By Murderer! Murderer! <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Uh, So, uh, yes, uh, and also, if you're interested in Nick's um, church things, you can find the Sutton Park Church Worship on YouTube, and you can find his church stream videos on YouTube as well, and links for that are in the show notes. Oh, before we go, how's, how have you uh, been getting on with that? Because you had some trouble, didn't you, with your screens and whatnot? Yeah, it's still doing weird things. So I, we still have to reboot it every week. Um, I, 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 the only new thing I've added is this phone, the, the digital phone that plugs into the switch. Not only that, something else weird happens. So that 
the right screen ticks very quite quietly through the speaker. You can hear it going. So what I need to do is actually, um, at the moment, it's plugged into a powered switch, so I can just use one cable. Um, So what I might do is unplug it from the switch, unplug it directly in the modem, but then I'm going to have to find another plug somewhere to actually plug it in (laughs) um, and see if that makes any difference. But I can't think what else would be causing it to... No. To do this all of a sudden it just suddenly started and the only thing the only change i made bef- that you know was that uh, add- adding of this digital uh, digital phone maybe you should unplug the digital phone and give it a go and see if that makes any difference should yeah the only the only trouble is of course we have to well it's not yeah i could do it's not it's not a major problem because we don't use the phone so <laughs> well i'll just want, you so, know uh, but... Oh, you BT just... insisted on me setting it up. And they kept ringing me and saying, "You, you know, you need to get this set up." Oh, oh, all right. Then. I assume they're, you know, but um, it's just part of the contract, I think, with us. So yeah, well, well I mean, you could it's remove a, it. A busy, uh, you know, you could yes, remove it yeah. temporarily and and do a test. You know, sometime in the week, maybe run something and rerun a previous, you know, worship set. Yes, I haven't happens. tried. That's true. I haven't tried setting it up during the week, but um, it fails every Sunday, definitely. Mm. And as soon as as soon as the Mac's rebooted, it's quite happy. Oh. Mm. So uh, yeah, something a bit weird going on there. Something oh. interfering with something else, definitely. definitely. So no, no, I haven't managed to uh, pin it down, solve the problem at the moment. But uh, well, uh, yeah, as we said, another the... one of those things in the list, you know, yeah, one of the things on the list to get done. Well, yeah, one thing to do obviously would be set the Mac to auto reboot sometime before you arrive at the church. Yes, yeah, I did think about doing that. Yeah, I could Just do. Put it on a schedule to reboot itself before you, um, you know, turn on and reboot or whatever before you uh, arrive. Can't hurt. Do you, have to do, do you have to do that via terminal? I no. think you do, don't you? No, it's in the power settings. Um, oh, is it? Syst- I think it's in system settings. Let's have a quick look. Uh, I'm going to have a look. Um, uh, what would it be under? Is it under power saving or something? Any, Whatever it's called. Energy now. saver? Yeah, I think. Start up automatically after a power failure. Wait for network access. Can't see anything that says anything about rebooting it. Hmm. Mm, let's have a look. Have they just hidden it somewhere? Probably. Um, I know you used to be able to do it. It's not under screen saver, is it? Sorry, this isn't very good listening, is it? Uh, well, we, we were just saying goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, we well if, we, if we find it, we'll let you know next time. Yes, we will. <laughs> you used to be able to do it. I know you did. Yeah, I'm sure you could. Yeah. The trouble is they've changed all the... There used to be one called Energy Saver, didn't they? Yes, there is still an Energy Saver, but Energy Saver hasn't got that in there anymore. And well, I haven't got Energy Saver at all. Have you not? Mm. No. no, I've got battery, low power mode, and well, I'm on a laptop, obviously, but... Ah, right, yes. It might be in Screen Saver and whatnot now. Language and reason, sharing, time machine, transfer or reset and startup disk. No, so I'm just looking in general to see if it was in there, but I can't see it there either. Well, we'll have to see if we can find it. Um, anyway, I know you can do it via terminal if you need to. So yeah, but you, might, yeah, you, set, you can set a cron, but um, but I'll 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 unplug the phone first and see if that fixes it. Because if it does, then I'll fi- we'll find some other way of setting up the phone so it's not not in the switch. I think yeah. it could be it could be the phone that's causing. I don't know why I haven't changed anything else. So I think it probably is. I don't know why it should do that, but there you go. It's something to do with the um, the switches that we're 
using to convert HDMI into um, Ethernet. Yeah. Back Ethernet. Sorry. <laughs> I've always called it Ethernet well, rather than Ethernet. Whatever. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Either would be. No. Well, I'll, I, I will feed back once I've got it sorted out. <laughs> These things are sent to Travis. Look, just quick. How to schedule your Mac to reboot every night. When was that published? 2021. Um, system preferences, energy saver schedule, allegedly. Well, that may be out of date now. Yeah, I can't see that in, uh, on my on this machine anyway. Well, I don't have energy saver anymore in Sonoma, so they've moved it somewhere else. It's, it's there. I'm just I'm just looking in in the help. Um, so I'm on Ventura, and I'm just looking in the help, and it's it doesn't mention. Um, rebooting it just says wake from network access start up automatically after a power failure enable power nap and ups options hmm. Hmm. i've obviously moved it somewhere ah I'm, i'd be surprised if it's not in here somewhere maybe they don't expect you to want to do it anymore but uh maybe anyway not. we'll have a dig we'll report next week so uh there you go uh let's wrap it up again uh so yeah we're all in the slack room where you can find Jim and Alistair and all the rest of us chatting about various things, and you can join by following the link in the show notes. And you can find me on Twitter and uh, or X, take your pick, and Mastodon as at Serenak, S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Thank you to all the people who support us in all the usual ways, and uh, Nick and I will be hopefully back next week. And, of course, we're not that far away from probably an iPhone event. Not that many mm-hmm. weeks now. Probably a month. So, you know, it's getting closer. Anyway, that'll do us for this week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. So, guess... Sorry, I'm just boogieing out to that. You know, well, that's playing. You know, I'm shaking it is my so head. Catchy. I'm shaking my ass. Ass. <laughs> I'm shaking my ass. Ass. I'm shaking my ass. Ass. I'm sorry, guys. Joke. Guys. Guys. Joke. Mostly clean. I do have a tip for you. It's a very, very quick one. That's why we've been going on about nothing. Uh, no change there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs>
I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Can I do this tip? Yes, I'll be quiet now. Daz's tips. Guys jokes. Only. Thank goodness. On the My Mac podcast. So you're lining up an MG4 then? That sounds uh, good. Yep, it's um, yeah. Well, like I said in the thing, we went to test drive it, and um, Jackie was like, "I like this one. I'm having it." I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine, right. And then he was like, Jolly "Well, good. this one's the trophy, and it's the top of the line, and that's a thousand pound up front." I, I can't afford that. And then he went, "Ah, oh, but um, yeah." There's a seven hundred and fifty pound sort of cashback. Um, That's from very mo- convenient. From Motability. <laughs> well, I went on the Motability site. I thought I thought I saw something about that, but I didn't pay it much attention. So later, I went and checked on the Motability site, and at the minute, basically, because the disability benefits haven't gone up in line with inflation, and all the cars have. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So you you've can got, like, imagine a, bonus. a lot of the cars, for example, which is why things like the M. Um, the C4 have shot up the sort of yeah. pre-payment has shot up from sort of a thousand quid to about three thousand quid. So yeah, yeah sort I'm of not motor- surprised. No, so motorbility. Same's, ha- same's happening with leasing. The yeah, leasing prices have just gone through the roof. So um, motorbility. I seem to remember when I when I thought about it. I think they sent me something saying so. Anyway, they 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 changed the way. Because when you take your car back, there used to be, or there's a, um, there was a like a good condition bonus, right? Yes. As long as it's not all bashed about, they give you some money back. But they changed the way that worked, and I think I can't remember if they reduced the amount or they split it into two payments. Something like when you're halfway through and they get a report from the service centre saying it's in good nick, they give you some of the money back, and then at the end they give you a little bit of money back. Something like that. Can't remember exactly. But I think they might have used that partly to do this sort of um, cash up front to help take the sting out of the rise in the upfront fees. So right. that put, you know, that made a thousand quid down payment into a 250 quid down payment, which is uh, somewhat more bearable. I think even we can stretch to that. So. But so I never got to drive a leaf. 
And afterwards, Jackie said, oh, well, you can go and drive one if you like. It's like, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not, because if I like it more than the yeah, MG, think... I'll be just jarred off for the next three to five years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think that's unlikely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like, I love my leaf, leaf. My my leaves. I had two. Yeah. Um, or is it leaves? Um, but uh, I haven't yeah. driven the MG4 yet. But I'm I'm guessing it's probably well. It's it will certainly be more modern. The MG4. Oh, yeah. The your infotainment and everything will be a lot more up to date. And yeah. Um, and I'm guessing there are probably more feature more features on the MG4 as well. So oh, probably. I think you probably made the right decision. Oh, I think so. Just like. I'd, you're, you're probably correct. It's just I thought, well, no. And then Jake was, why don't you go and test drive one anyway? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good idea. No. So. Well, I mean, it's interesting test driving cars. As I said, the last show I drove three different ones and um, quite different prices for them. And um, it's all very well having one that you think, oh, this is really quite nice. But if it's way outside what you can afford, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's nice to it's nice to test drive. It's nice to test drive them, but uh, it's like the the um, Aria I test drove at the last one, the Nissan Aria. But it's 40-odd thousand, 46 or something thousand Gee, starting wow. price. And... Um, and don't get me wrong, it's a really lovely car inside, and the the, the ride is incredibly comfortable. And but uh, it's just well, I drove it because I wanted to see what it was like. That's all. Yeah, because <laughs> there's no way I could afford. No it. way you could afford one. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Because in the end, for me, being because I lease, it all comes down to what's the monthly payment and can I afford it? You know. Well, yeah, so, of course, of course. I do Definitely. have a pension, but it's only so so big. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to have to find more money um, next year. Uh, where are we? No, not next year. Year after when I, this goes back, because um, as you said, they've all gone up so much. So I'm going to have to find more money anyway. So the last thing I want to do is actually buy a car that's even more, even more money. I don't even uh, know what the yeah. I don't even know what the price of the MGs is because I don't doesn't like make any. Difference. Uh, the trophy is thirty two thousand, I think thirty two something. So mm, no, pretty not cheap, is it? Not no, cheap, no, it isn't. Uh, the 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 uh, the um the long range standard one is. I can't remember whether it's twenty nine or thirty one. So, I think it might be thirty. I think it might be thirty one, and then the the lower range, smaller one is twenty nine, or it might be a bit less than that. I can't remember exactly. There's not a huge but, amount um, cheaper then, really. No, no, not really. No, if you've got the money, if you've got the extra money, then yeah, absolutely, you might as well go for it. I think for the for the uh, the difference, but. As I say, it's all down to for me. Well, it's all down it, to monthly all cost. Down, so. All comes down to real money in the end, doesn't it? Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Well, I must admit, it was nice. It was nice to drive. Um, take a little while to get used to some of, some of the like the um, you know, on a sort of twenty minute test drive, you don't really get to figure out half the controls, do you? I, I always no, think it's weird. No, when that's right. Buying cars is a bit like buying houses. You know what I mean? We we spend weeks and weeks agonising over exactly what model of iPhone we might buy because it's a thousand quid <laughs> and then we go and yes. look at a house that's going to cost you you know put you in hot for the next 20 odd years and we tend to go oh yeah i like this one i'll take it like <laughs> just like that 
It's like cars, you know. Yeah, we, we looked at it. We looked at we looked at it twice. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that's right for, for ten minutes. Ten yeah. minutes and made a decision, you know. And like the car, it was like a ten minute, ten, ten fifteen minute test drive. You know, we went out. I know. It's out bit, of the car centre, sort of along the you know along the industrial estate roads. Along the dual carriageway, at least the loop that you suggested to us, there was a you know you go down the sort of through the trading estate roads, which are quite nice and straight. You know, it's a modern yeah. sort of industrial light industrial slash trading estate, and then out onto the dual carriageway, and along the dual carriageway for a while, a while, and then you turn off and you go um, through an, another industrial estate, and then onto the like the country lanes that bring you back. Right. So it's a reasonable sort of 15-minute yeah. drive, and you get a, a feel for it. The only thing I wasn't 100% struck with the, was the um, lane control seemed a bit aggressive. But, um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's often the case. It's just much... I mean, you can switch it off. You can't switch it off permanently, unfortunately. No, you get used to it. Most, most cars won't let you switch it off permanently. You have to turn it off every time you get in mm. the car. But lane keep assist isn't brilliant on country roads anyway is it so no. because because our country roads are such that you know we de- often don't have white lines no <laughs> and you know um but it seemed it seemed like on the steering wheel the feedback seemed quite aggressive compared to the v-dub oh uh, right yes yeah it sort of almost feels like it's going to snatch it out of your hands well it's more like it you know if i want to cross a line without having indicated first i've got to wrestle it across but i don't know yeah I that's right yeah. I didn't. Mine's right, just the same. I didn't go far enough to really tell, and it just a, more of a make sure you get in the habit of putting the indicators on, you know. But yes, um, mine get mine gets um, a little bit confused sometimes on country lanes if if the tarmac's different colours. Yes. So if they've re, if they've repaired the edge of the road and put different coloured tarmac down, sometimes it'll try and wrench my car to the right <laughs> <laughs> as I'm driving down the road. Unfortunately, I know the the local roads now, so I know where it's going to do it. But, it's like uh, the, v, the like the V Dub. I, I, I'm really quite enjoying the sort of um, adaptive cruise control and whatnot, and the lane oh, yeah, the yeah. lane keeping is really quite pleasant. But there are places on the country lanes where it, you know you go around a bend, and it'll be like get in the get over to the left, and it's like no. <laughs> I do not wish to drive get... through the potholes and the, up against the hedge. Thank That's you. right. Or, or local roads for me, it's uh, in the ditch. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to drive in the ditch. I do not wish to be in the ditch. Thank you. We've got um, the other thing. It's pretty. It's pretty good, and it's also got um, you know, it, it's like will slow down towards junctions if you don't start slowing down, and it's on auto. It will. Um, yes. Start, so you junction ahead or roundabout ahead and start to brake. Um, or at least well, that's decelerate. Quite good. Is that what without cars in front of you? Yeah. Oh right. Okay. I didn't yeah. It, know doesn't, that. it doesn't only. Um, it doesn't only. I mean, obviously, it does following cars. If there's cars in front of you, it will just follow the. You know. Yes, it'll slow down anyway. It'll yeah. Slow down. Keep a safe braking distance from the car in front. But um, yeah, it will say roundabout ahead, and it will start to decelerate, and oh, that's um, good. It will practically come to a stop. Um, doesn't actually stop. It will slow, but it will slow right down. Yes, to a point it's where to a crawl. It slows down to sort of I don't know as you approach the, uh, the roundabout. Not so much with junctions. It will warn you and it will decelerate, but it won't actually come to yeah. a stop. But um, yeah, with like a roundabout, a main main roundabout, it will slow practically right down, and then you like you can see if there's nothing coming, you just tap the tap the accelerator, and it will 
And you know, and if there's something coming, obviously you put your foot on it and come to a stop. Um, but the only thing, also, it seems to know where there's, or allegedly, it knows where there's bends in the road. So if you're driving along a country road, it will say bend yeah. ahead thirty mile an hour and start to decelerate, which is fine. You know. Oh right, okay. But it's it's not as clever as it thinks it is. Occasionally, it will say sharp yeah. bend ahead twenty five mile an hour and start decelerating when you know it's a perfectly simple curve. And then right. you'll go a bit further, and you know there's a sharp bend, and it doesn't decelerate, <laughs> you know. I just, yeah, I just keep regenerative regenerative braking on all the while when I'm driving down country lanes, because that oh, yeah. makes it really relaxing. But um, and it, the car automatically, as soon as you take your foot off the accelerator, the car starts to slow down. So oh, yeah, you're not yeah. sure of a corner or whatever. Yeah. But um, the other one is, I, I, the first time it happened, I was like, what the hell? But as, as I come from um, one of the... Well, town, it's a small town where I used to live. Yep. And you, you go along, um, it's a B road, and then you come to what used to be a dual carriageway, but they've, well, I suppose it is, but they closed off the outside lanes because there's a lot of cross turns to various places. So it's not a, each lane is now, you know, it's a separate road, if you like, in right. each direction. Gotcha. But rather yep. than being uh, twin lanes, the outer lanes are um, hatched off. Right. Mostly so lorries and cars can make turns across the central reservation without having to dodge through. Oh, I see. Yeah, I know what you mean. But anyway, as you come along the B road, as you approach the uh, start of what I still refer to as the dual carriageway, which is a perfectly normal piece of road, the VW seems to think that there's a sharp bend there and it tries to slow down to 25 (laughs) mile an hour. It's all right once oh. you get used to it, because as soon as it flashes up on the screen, yes. sh- sharp bend, you know, and sort of recommended speed, you just tap the accelerator to prevent it slowing down. Yes. And it, yeah. and it carries on. But, you know, the first time it happens, you <laughs> come along and it suddenly starts slowing down. You know, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. All he's seen shows it's not yes, quite all these features. All these features are very good. Yeah. Yeah, they're very good, but sometimes they're, yeah. You have to live with the fact that they're not perfect. Mm. <laughs> but I still see from that how what I, you know, what you and I have said about full self-driving yes. is going to come. And it's not it's not magically going to be Elon Musk announcing a full self-driving robotic car. It's just going to come by these things getting better and better and doing more and more for you to the point that you really don't need to do anything. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, the, um, get there. the MG4... Uh, obviously, it's got eco mode, normal mode, sport mode. Um, it's got the adaptive cruise control and all that stuff. Um, and apparently, although the bloke said I've not enabled it, you can. There's a mode called one pedal driving, which I I'm assuming yes. is very much the same as what the V-Dub does. So you can. Um, you're so you can come to still. Yeah, you know that it. That's what come... one pedal. Yeah, one pedal driving is where you come to. If you take your foot off the brake, off the accelerator, you come to a complete standstill. Well, I think he's saying with that, it does the same as the VW, where it will match, you know, stop for the car in front. If you come to a junction and whatnot, it will slow right down and stop, turn the engine off and put the handbrake on until the traffic moves away and all that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But one pedal drop, the the term one pedal driving refers to the fact that you can drive it like a go-kart effectively. Yeah. It will only go when you put your foot on the accelerator. It'll stop if you don't. Yeah, the regen will just bring it to a halt. So anyway, that's... um, Yeah, that's something to look forward to anyway. Yep, yep. And the the gear shift is a dial, which I'm not usually 
particularly keen on. Oh, right, yeah. What, a but circular dial? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you've got, um, I think it's to the left for reverse and to the right for yeah. the drive. And neutral in the middle. Um, and a press press for park, I think. Yeah, that's press normally the way it works. Yeah. Press on it to park. And, um, but it's in a group, like in, the other one I had that had a dial, it was down on the, you know, like the seat divider. I found that yes. really annoying. No, it's it's on it's on like a little sticky headpiece, isn't it? It's sort of where you'd where you if you had one of those little short gear sticks that some sporty cars used to have. It's oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yes, it's just about there, sort of below the yes. centre console and just off to your to your left. So it's where you might reach for a gear stick, not down by your hip. So yes. That's seemed, a good idea. Seems reasonably pleasant. I mean, the V-Dub's got a little tiny shifter, like about, oh, about as big as your thumb. So you push it forward right. for reverse, push forward for reverse and flip back the drive, and then there's a separate park button on that. The fact is, though, I mean, I've heard so many people say so many different things about these these um, settings, but the fact is you hardly touch them. Oh, no, um, you hardly touch it. Really. You know what I mean? You, you put it in drive, and then it stays in drive until well, you put it in park. Or, or, or reverse, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the V-Dub, yeah. I mean, as yeah. soon as you turn the key, it the only puts time itself I put in it, park. Though. Yeah, I do, I do put it in park at if I've been sitting a while at traffic lights, mm. so that I'm not blinding the people behind me with my brake lights. Yeah. I'll sometimes drop it on into park, but uh, on the whole, I don't. I hardly touch that part of the... Yes, the Citroen, as you know, because you've driven one, haven't you? It's got like that little knurled little switch, which I thought I'd really struggle with, but I've actually got quite used to in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you say, you for, don't... for the drop, you know, drive and reverse and whatever. Yeah, you don't. In reality, you, you know, even more so in an electric, you, you've got like, you know, go forward or go backwards pretty much. Yes. And it's that's like I've heard, people, I've heard yeah. reviewers saying, um, uh, Oh, this car's just got a screen. And the trouble is, you've got your drive modes and you have to go through a menu to get to your drive modes. And I thought, how often are you changing drive mode? I, I don't think <laughs> yeah. I ever change drive mode. It just stays in standard all the while. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> other thing was the, the, on the MG, the guy was saying um, there's two buttons on the steering wheel because there's a whole array of buttons, you know, for volume up, volume down. and Yeah hands-free phone and all the usual stuff they put on the tend to put in the center of your steering wheel now and your cruise control and all that sort of thing yeah um there are two programmable buttons oh yes i've read that yeah one on each side and he said i forget what he said he put one one was for you he'd set one to um he'd set one of them to driving mode mainly obviously as a demonstrator so you can as you're driving you can try the eco normal and sport modes yeah and feel how the the difference is what the difference is and it's got three levels of regen braking right and he said i've set the right hand button to adjust the regen braking so you've got level one which is hardly any level two which is being a level three which is the most now regen braking i can sort of understand that because when i'd got the um the hyundai that had flappy paddles for the regen braking. Right. And I would quite often use that. So I might I might be driving on the motorway uh, and I'd be coming up to uh, a junction, but I'd be uh, approaching it quite quickly, you know, maybe mm. a, dual, uh, a dual carriageway. Uh, and I'd just literally just pull on the flappy paddles to maximum regen and it would slow the car down quite rapidly then. Yeah. Um, so that I could sort of, 
you know, having that handy is quite useful. Um, but the uh, changing uh, the drive modes, unless you're actually demonstrating it. <laughs> oh, well, as he said, you you're know, probably you, only, yeah. you probably want to put something else on there, but he goes, obviously, for a demo, it's handy if I say to people, just press that button and it will cycle through the drive mode. No, that's quite a good idea, having a couple of pro programmable buttons, because, you know, we're all different. We all like things yeah. laid out differently, don't we? So I mean, I, that's good. I would probably not necessarily put regen braking on there, but I'd probably just have mine in three all the time. But I suppose if you're going on a long journey on a motorway, you might not want it on full regen. Yeah, I've never quite worked out what difference it makes because I have a feeling that once you actually go into cruise control, it does it does its own thing anyway. Mm. Um, so I think it probably switches things off, you know, because obviously the regen braking is of no use at that point. No. Um, on the whole. So uh, I think it probably switches it. I think it does in my car. I can't feel regen braking when I'm um, in cruise mode. Although having said that, when you slow down, it doesn't feel like you're depressing the brake. So maybe it does. I don't know. I just leave it to the <laughs> leave, it, I leave to it to the brain of the car to work it out. Well, yeah. One thing I have noticed using the adaptive cruise control on the V Dub is you, you do get. I mean, I know it's a diesel, not petrol, compared to yeah. what I've been driving. But the mileage you seem to get. I mean, on my Citroen, I use cruise control as much as possible because it it's much lighter on the fuel consumption than you are. Right. Because obviously, when it accelerates, it uses exactly the correct amount of acceleration. You know. Yes. It's not injecting more fuel than it needs or whatever. Cool. Cool. Right. Well, here we go. Let's hope this all works because I'm on Sonoma now, courtesy of... Um, oh, right. Okay. Well, courtesy of Rogue Amoeba, um, setting out some um, test versions of some of their podcasting software. Oh, right. Okay. Which is uh, it's really quite early for them. Quite often, they don't bring out a sort of... Um, no, until after it's launched. Well, they? no, they usually oh, launch the official version. Or is it the same either, day? <laughs> either just before or immediately after the official yep. release. But they don't normally um, do a they don't normally do a test with caution um, until I don't know a couple of weeks before. Sometimes I don't come out until like right. the release candidate. I mean, this one seems to. I can only assume that the changes under the hood in Sonoma haven't given them a lot of grief. Um, yeah, that's possible, isn't it? So we shall see. Right. Right here. Yeah. we start? Let's yeah, see. let's kick off. Let's see what happens with the Farago. Right, here we go. Three, two, 